0: Hey guys, welcome back to Contest Prep University. I'm Joe Klimeszky with Adam Atkinson. We are in episode two. Speaking of PEDs and anabolic compounds for women competitors, and we're gonna we're gonna jump right into how people select compounds. I mentioned Adam that I think kind of the, the most common gateway is Anavar, but I know uh, women take other non virilizing. Uh, compounds, and then all the way up to some that are a little bit more on the androgenic side. So um, again, I'm not sure how much you know, just because of your clients telling you, we know what they do or what you read and see other people doing, but let's uh, run through the list. Yeah. So a lot of people
1: talk about like female friendly compounds. At the end of the day, Pretty much anything can be used. However, um, you know, certain compounds have less tendency to virilize. So, you know, the, there's not necessarily steroids that are made specifically for females or specifically for males. I don't want people thinking, like, if you take Anavar, that's a female drug. Um, but you know, it's tolerated by females better, um, which means it has less virilization. So um, basically what we're looking at when we're using for females, we look for um, something that has a higher anabolic ratio and lower androgenic ratio. So high anabolic, low androgenic. Um, Androgenic means that it's going to cause those masculating side effects, which we really don't want. So clitoral enlargement, facial hair growth, um, you know, things of those nature. So it's best to look at each compound individually. And, you know, that's why anavar is so common. It has a very high anabolic to very low androgenic ratio on paper. Um, You also have to consider how it binds. Um, You know, some things bind better than others. So even though you're taking 10 milligrams of this drug, 10 milligrams of another drug might bind better, which would make it more powerful. So um, you do have to take that into consideration as well. So you know, typically Anovar and Primo are well-tolerated by females. Um, typically a 19-nor like, um, like Nandrolone would be, you know, actually a good option because you see 19 nor elevated during gestation. So, you know, if if that caused masculine side effects, women would come out masculine. But again, the poison's in the dose and you have to remember that's less common because there's a little bit longer of a life with a 19-NOR where people might go with NPP since it's faster. But, um, you know, you really have to watch the dose with that. And uh, some girls have more androgen sensitivity than others. So your best friend may be taking 10 milligrams of anavar a day and have no side effects whatsoever. And you may take 10 and get a completely different result. So you really do want to monitor your clients. You want to monitor your health. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you want to count the milligrams that you're using and, you know, try to keep it as low as possible. So lowest effective dose. If you're progressing well on 10 milligrams of Anivar or five, there's no reason to bump it up. You're already progressing. So why race, race to go higher, you know? Um, and you'll find as you experiment with this, typically the higher you go, it's not necessarily the gains get better. The side effects just get worse.
0: Well, and you know, I want to go back to anapar for just a second because that being an oral steroid with a half-life of less than a day, you know, you do have to keep taking that and, Uh, you know, I had always heard even from the eighties, you know, when, when we're in the just say no era and and steroids literally became a scheduled one substance back in the eighties that, that, you know, that, that makes it a little bit harsher on your liver, but we are talking small doses. You can start with five milligrams, 10, you can even get up to 20 or 30, but by the time you get to that level as a female, wouldn't you want to just say, okay, extra of this dose is not necessarily helpful. So maybe now it's time to add a little Winstrel V. Um, I don't know how far women, if we get into actual bodybuilding and they're on Diana Ball and everything else, um, you know, I'm I'm sure we'll get into that. But but where do you say is kind of the top of the line for a figure competitor or a bikini competitor who wants to still have all those feminine attributes, definitely does not want the virilization of, of an androgenic. But, you know, they're, they're fighting for the top. You know, they want to be Miss Olympia. They want that IABB pro card. So, so a high. where do you see people end up as kind of a high mark?
1: Well, and this is a great segue because you can actually use a non-virilizing compound like human growth hormone. And if that's really important to you, you obviously pay the cost to, you know, growth hormone is not cheap, but it's not going to virilize at all. And, uh, you can create synergy with Anovar and HGH and, uh, you know, not to promote it, but you can actually get some more IGF one binding with some insulin with HGH. So if a girl really wants to say feminine, um, that's definitely a great way to go. And just keeping those compounds at a, a dose that you don't virilize on and, uh, you know, this is where, you know, designing cycles and playing the game smart for the long term is um,
0: really important. And that's where we're going to pick up next time in episode three, guys. We're going to talk about the legitimacy of some of these things, some of the tactics. So stay with us and we will see you in episode three next time in Contest Prep University.